Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. has been I mean, reduced to one peach. That's all I've eaten today. <laughs> it's like, what is the time? It's 4.15. I haven't even like put on like underwear or mascara. It's like one of those days. How's your day going? Yeah, it's like one of those days I get you where it's like no motivation whatsoever yeah. to like just have like a normal life. You know, it's like this quarantine. It's like there's no end. There's no end in sight. Did you put your underwear on? <laughs> Barely. Actually, I didn't. I didn't. And my daughter caught me because she saw me, of course, going to the bathroom because she always barges in. Are you when joking? I go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> always comes in when I go to the bathroom. And she was like, Mommy, where is your underwear? And I was like, Oh shit. That's a you know good what question. I did? You know what I did yesterday? Like last what? night. I was like, I was so tired. I went to the bathroom. Uh, and then there was no toilet paper. And I was like, look, I did a number one, so it's fine. There was no uh, toilet paper. And I was like, eh, guys do this all the time yeah. so i just like shook myself like did like a little shimmy shake like a dog and i was like this will be fine but i was like i've hit all lows i've hit new lows that's it uh, right i mean how low can we go how low can <laughs> we, we can go get probably worse <laughs> well who do we have today roxy oh my gosh i am so excited she's one of our mom like compadres i mean we I are stoked to have her <laughs> So we've got Ellie Noss on the show. She is like one of the OG podcasters. I know, right from the beginning, like before all this bullshit podcast came out like ours. She literally has set the tone for the moms. Like she is out there like talking to everybody, to experts, to psychologists, to celebrity Mm -hmm. moms, to everybody. And she's also written a screenplay with her husband. And sold it. And a TV show, a sitcom. And didn't I mean, kill him and did, was yeah. able to work with him, right. which is like a feat in itself. <laughs> right. And she deserves a medal or an she award does. or a trophy and all, maybe all the things, all the things. But we've got Ellie Noss on today. Welcome. See, Atomic how was that Moms. for a welcome? You know Woo! when you're on this show, don't you worry? Woo! She is like the Atomic Mom. Yes. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. Yes. We're so excited to have you, Miss Ellie. How's your day going? Uh, it's, it's okay. It's yeah, kind you of put like on underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I put on underwear, but my new ritual is taking the girls around a loop in our neighborhood, oh, a very yeah. short one. Yeah. Cause I have a two-year-old and a six, 
Oh God, she just turned three actually this week. I got to like change it up. Right. Um, she's three now. So she really has no excuse for not wearing underwear on the walk. And she lifted up her dress for the whole street to see. So she was wearing a mask, but no underwear. I love it. it. That happened to me at school. I took, I, I, I had this moment in my, in my parenting life where I was like, I think I'm a shit mom. And I was in the car (laughs) and I remember getting to school and Phoenix looks at me and she goes, goes, mom. And I go, yes, honey. And I was already in like a bad place. Like I was exhausted. And like, you know, when you're like, anyone's about to say something and you'll burst into tears. I was like, yes, honey. She goes, I don't have any underwear on. (laughs) She was walking into school and I was like, what do I do? Like, do I just let her go to school with no underwear? So I had to go home and then I was late. It was just one of those moments where I'm just like, I'm a shitty mom. Like, this is not a good job. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Leggings though. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a free for all. Like that's fine. Leggings are fine. Right. Especially if you're potty training, that's fine. It's just when it's like shorts, dress, skirt. (laughs) And they lift them up. They love to lift it up. Because it's not a party till they lift them up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So Miss Ellie, God, your podcast, Atomic Moms, I feel like it's like the go-to for all moms. Like you have to listen to this podcast. It's amazing. But you've been doing it since 2014. What made you decide to start Atomic Moms? Uh, well, so this, we, so yeah, we decided to make Atomic Moms before Serial came out. Oh, so wow. it's like, it was, you know, the very beginning of the huge podcast wave and where everyone started listening. Um, I was obsessed with the podcast, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And I also always loved uh, This American Life that Ira Glass runs. And I would go on hikes and just like disappear into these people's lives. And I loved it so much. I loved just the the format of mm-hmm. long form conversations and that it wasn't just like these quick sound bites and like the quick YouTube stuff. And it, it was like, oh, I can actually like settle into people's stories. And there was an intimacy of listening to someone's voice while I was going on a walk or doing errands I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I could just sort of escape in that, which was so lovely. And I really turned to it when I was pregnant. Uh, and so then it became, okay, mm-hmm. well, why not a parenting podcast? Mm-hmm. And then it became, well, I didn't bother reading any of these books when I was pregnant. <laughs> now that I yeah. have a kid, maybe I should start figuring out what to do because I was so uh, woefully unprepared to be a mother. Um, mm. And I was a resist. I was resistant to becoming one. And I know, Roxy, mm. I feel like I heard on one of your episodes that there was a similar thing. Like yes. I was not a woman who wanted, I, I was not a little girl playing with dolls like it, I loved the idea of babysitting. I was obsessed with the babysitters club mm-hmm. because of, and the author, Anna Martin, but that was about entrepreneurship and like making money and being a boss. <laughs> like I had no interest in actually taking care of children. Uh, and so the podcast really became my own course in how to do this mm-hmm. and, and not in the quote unquote right way, because there's so many different ways to parent. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to be raised by my mother and also my stepmother. And they are so different. So I always like growing up in two households, I always knew there was more than one way. Mm-hmm. And it was about figuring out like, what is the right way for me and my partner? And through interviewing psychologists and these authors and sort of like 
running my own experiments by reading the book and then saying like, Hey, okay. So Janet Lansbury, like everybody mm -hmm. loves you, but here's what's actually happening with my two-year-old. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? <clears throat> and then, and that has, um, God, it's given me so much. Like I, I almost needed to create this experiment in order to both like own that I'm a mother and that I'm a good mother. Mm -hmm. I needed to do it to repair um, some early childhood trauma mm -hmm. and really um, heal some transgenerational stuff mm -hmm. in regards to motherhood and like the way that my family has like raised children for generations and generations and the damage that's been done. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then to also be able to step aside from the experts and everyone and just talk to other moms and be like, okay, well, this is how I do it. This is how you do it. That's great. Like, let's figure it out. And this is all impossibly hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's I find it still why so I do surreal it. being a mother. Like, do you guys feel that way? Like I, I looked at my daughter yesterday and I just stared at her face and I kind of like became a little disconnected for a second. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. Every time I look at my children, I feel like I'm having an existential crisis. I'm like, where do you come from? Where, like, did your soul, like, where did it fall out of the sky? And I still, after six years, I'm shocked that I'm a mother. And I don't know if women or mom, if, if mothers even say that out loud. It still feels very surreal. And I get a lot of anxiety over the fact that they're being molded by me, you know, and my husband. And they are unformed and we are giving them ideas and perceptions and, you know, we're teaching them hopefully things that are good, but we still have traumas that we have to heal, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know what you guys think, but I still find it after six years, surreal being a mother. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like, because it's also like hard to even fathom that these little people came out of you, you know, know. like where your they come body, from? yeah, your body, like created these kids and, and now here they are and they are your responsibility like a hundred percent and that is part of I think the scariness of it is to like think to yourself oh god did I just do something that was gonna like fuck her up like permanently for the rest of her life like it's just like you have so much it's almost like you wield power when you're a parent in that way you know like you have these lives that depend on you and mm -hmm. that are Imp you know, they're so impressionable. And so it's like, do you guys freak out about that? Like, oh my God, did I do something that's going to like fuck her up or like, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like, oh shit. Is that something that you guys think about? Well, I, I find it mm. fascinating that I am, it's, I am responsible mm -hmm. for her. And, and yes, especially with our younger children, like we are still the ones they look up to and mm -hmm. thank God they're still listening, even if they pretend like they're not um, versus when they're older and it seems to be more peer driven. Mm -hmm. So yes, like huge responsibility there uh, in terms of like, what are we talking about at the dinner table? And like, mm -hmm. what am I saying? And like, how am I modeling to her my own disappointment? And mm -hmm. how do I show her that like my work is really important to me? Mm -hmm. So these are the boundaries I have. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sorry that you're upset right now and we'll readdress this in a couple hours. I know you're in a safe space pouting and your father can handle it because mm -hmm. I'll come back in two hours. But like, I need to model that for her. So yes, 100%, I feel so much responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm also very surprised by is how much our genetics come into play mm -hmm. yep. with 
you know, if we are biological parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, holy cow, like there's my six-year-old. I know we all have very fierce six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, I was listening. I was like reading the conscious parenting stuff from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> she is a wild child. I know. And yeah. she is so competitive, mm-hmm. just fiercely competitive. And it's, it's been really cool because there's some of that stuff that I took a step Mm -hmm. back from. Um, I was trying to let some of that competitive edge that I naturally have go. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to be more relaxed Mm -hmm. and Zen about stuff. And I was trying to take on these like (laughs) things. And then I have this child who's like, I'm a winner. And I, and then like, and it's been really cool to watch her and realize like, Oh, this was little me. Mm -hmm. And like, and I need to accept that part of me as well, because it's just in us. Yeah. I literally birthed myself. I'm I'm (laughs) like, everything that I don't like about myself is a thing that is challenging with parenting my, my six-year-old and all the things that I do like and respect about myself are the same things in her. Um, But it is interesting how genetics come into play. You know, I was... I was born in South Africa and my parents would leave and there was a lot of um there was a lot of violence around the time that I was born and I was a very nervous child you know I would be very scared if my parents left and you know we're with Phoenix our 6-year-old 24/7 but it's funny every time she won't sleep at, she won't sleep in her own room she's cannot let us even leave the leave to go to the kitchen she is by my side 24/7 and that is something that has to be genetic like you were saying you know because it's not environmental we live in a very safe neighborhood we you know she has friends we teach her that she's you know, the world is a, which it's not, but we teach her that it's a good, wonderful, safe place. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to walk outside and get shot again. I don't know if that's the, where we're living right now, but like, so that does come from like what you were saying of your genetics coming to like such massive play. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. I had, um, my therapist had a few sessions with my husband mm-hmm. and I have been trying to untangle my own anxiety you know, I mean, my God, probably since I moved here in 2005 mm-hmm. and, you know, LA will bring up anxiety in anyone. Yeah. Um, and now mm-hmm. everyone has anxiety, especially with what's going on in the world. But recently, uh, when I had my husband come on with me to like do a session together, he asked her like, well, is there anything else? And it was the first time my therapist ever said like, you know, some people are just wired that way. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, even my therapist is giving up on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. It's like, it, yes, so much of it is like, what are we giving to our children, right? Like, the, yes. I mean, it's both. That's all. It's environmental you, it, as well. I can hear Genetic, like yeah. listeners mm-hmm. like arguing mm-hmm. at both sides. Like, but it is, um, but we, you know, I try to be chill with my kids. I have very like confident uh, kids, my younger one is latching on to me. I think that's more of the pandemic and just us being in a house yeah. together for 140 yeah. days. Uh. But it's um, how many days? It, <laughs> I'm like, I have no one like, counting. I'm like, how many days? 101 days? How many? Exactly. Um, do you guys? 
Is have that, you found? Yeah, uh, yes. 140, right? Oh, well, cool. I mean, and now we're going to release this a little later. So right. we, went in, we have been together so much since March thir- 13th. March yes. 13th yes. was D-Day. That was like D-Day. I know. That was yeah. like the last day of yeah. physical Everyone school. Freaked out. Right? That was the end of that everything. Was mm-hmm. That was it. That was right. it. We've all been doing our part to keep our communities healthy and safe, including shopping from home. Greats has been sending shoes straight to your door since 2014. Skip the store, but still find the perfect pair. Amazing. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker brand and is known for making the most accessibly priced Italian-made sneakers in the world. They make premium quality classics for men and women that play nice with everything in your wardrobe. And these aren't one-season shoes. They're trend-proof, built to last, and over time will become trusted and well-loved friends. I definitely love mine, Roxy, but you see, that's only half the story. Great sources the best materials and works with responsible factories that maintain the highest environmental and labor standards to craft premium quality footwear in an ethical way. Visit greats.com to learn more. That's G-R-E-A-T-S dot com. But the pandemic, like you were saying, it's it's created also anxiety for all of us. And not to mention we're working moms, so we're like dealing with all of that. How have you been dealing in the pandemic with all of that going on? Because you still have to run a business. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. still podcasting. You still have to be a mom. You still have, you know, you're a wife. Like, so it's like, how are you dealing with all these things? Um, by taking like breaths like that. Like, oh my God, you guys. Oh, no, no, I will like say medication. I did, no, I, I did start up oh on Zoloft God. again and I am uh, not ashamed to say it. Yeah. I started up on Zoloft I again. I've been on that. Mm. Um, oh because I was crying every day. Like yeah. everything felt so raw for me. And the funny thing was I had an interview with Glennon Doyle the <gasps> week Oh my God. Of- the week that like Amazing. everything went to shit yeah. and so it was like March 16th. <laughs> I don't know. But so we were all home, right? I'm like, oh my God, I've got this amazing interview with Glennon Doyle. Um, I asked her cause she, in her book, she speaks about taking medication and that it does, it just takes, um, the edge off, but she feels like she's truly herself on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was asking like, do you really, I, I was trying, you know, I was being sensitive to it, but I was basically asking her about her anti-anxiety and, and depression medication. And if that, um, if she still feels like she's truly herself when she's on it, mm-hmm. she said, yes, she needs it. And anyone who judges her can like go jump in a mm-hmm. lake. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel high as a kite after that conversation. Uh, I walk in the house. My husband has a mask on and he says, I just took my temperature. It's 102. Oh, <gasps> And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like Glennon Doyle was just telling me to trust the universe. Yeah. Don't trust this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. <gasps> so he went, ended up in, and this was the week that, yeah, everything had shut down. There were no tests yet at all. The recommendations from the doctors and he has an autoimmune disease. So I was extra freaked oh my out. Gosh. His rheumatologist said, do not go to the hospital unless you're having trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. So he was isolated in his bedroom. 
and in, in our bedroom, mm-hmm. but I am such a wacko that I had already moved my stuff into the guest room just in case someone got sick and we had to isolate. Like, this is how crazy I am. And I was like, pat on the back alley. So I was in the guest room <laughs> and, um, it was so, um, terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then four days later, he didn't have a fever for four days. His doctor said he could come out of the room. Um, but that really took a toll on him emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really stressed him out. Something about being separated from us in such a scary situation and not being able to see us like was a mm. real bummer for him. And at one point I opened the door. He opened the door to get like his little pathetic meal because I suck at <laughs> like that. I put on the. I'm sure it was like canned soup or something like on the by the door, and I was like six feet back and waved, and he had like a tear streaming down his face, and I was like, oh my god, this is so. Meanwhile, I was feeling so sorry for myself because I was taking care of my two year old and six year old, mm-hmm. and they were quote unquote on spring break at the time. Um, this was before we knew that our kids would never get to go to school again, mm-hmm. and I was feeling so bad for myself. But when I saw him, I realized like, oh, this is so, uh, this, the separation everyone's feeling Mm -hmm. and the, the aloneness is so deep. And I, that was such a crazy way to kick off our quarantine. When he came back, I was just already, I had been in a place of like, fight or flight and like, let's get through it. Mm-hmm. And when he was, it was, so he was okay. Then I kind of let down my guard and then things started to affect me deeply. And I got very worried about my parents. Um, and my parents, both my dad and my stepmom mother got COVID. <laughs> They're better now. Oh my God. Um, but my mom didn't, but didn't seem to have the same concerns as I have. And so that's been a real, that's been very difficult for me to be <sighs> worried about her and her you know, not being worried about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then I started taking Zoloft again. Um, and again, my therapist said, I just had some extra from when I had gotten off it like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was concerned about going on it again. And, and this doesn't need to be podcast all about how Ellie went back on meds, but please, I have was, so many questions after mm-hmm. you, but it was, um, this. I, I had the jar or the, the pills. Like I didn't want to get back on it. I mm-hmm. really wanted to do it on my own. And I, uh, but everything just felt really hot. And my daughters kept kind of saying like, Oh, mommy, why are you crying? Like a song would get me, you know, like oh, anything. Yeah. It just, everything felt so big. And I started uh-huh. feeling the pain of what everyone is going through mm-hmm. and it was too much. Mm-hmm. And my therapist said, don't worry, Ellie, it'll still be really hard. <laughs> on Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> and she was right. And I am so, you know, I, it, I have reservations. I'm not recommending it for anyone else. Talk to your doctor, um, for this particular moment. And some of the challenges that our family has gone through personally, mm-hmm. it, it felt like the right thing to do. I have been told that I should have been on medication 10 years ago. I've never actually said this on a podcast. I've struggled not as much anymore, but with severe anxiety from, you know, I, I've had just weird shit happen in my life. I was in a, like a plane that went down and then I was in the tsunami, like that killed 250,000 people in Thailand. Then I had a migraine that mimicked a stroke. They thought I was dying. So like just so many things. And then I like had, you know, anorexia and bulimia when I was a kid. And then I was on a TV show that was really successful. And then I felt like I, you know, then I came here and no one gave a shit. And then there's just, there's so many things that I have anxieties about. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm more afraid to take the medication Mm -hmm. than I am of my own fears. Does that make sense? Listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. But, 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 But the problem is it probably would help me. It would probably help me in my life and I'd probably feel more like myself without the constant chatter, but mm-hmm. I'm too afraid to take the step mm-hmm. because I think, well, what if I take the step and it makes you, so you can explain what your experience is like, what if it makes you more anxious? What mm-hmm. if it makes you more crazy? Or what if it makes you more down? Or what if you can't get out of that and then you're on something and then you have to move through that? And all these questions that you don't know unless you do it, but that I think inhibits so many people mm-hmm. and the stigma from actually getting help. But do you also feel like it deadens your feelings? Yeah, that's what I worry about too. My, yeah, like as I, an I think actor. some of my feelings could be deadened. <laughs> I'm like, my husband would be right, very happy right, about that. Right. No, I'll definitely. I was crying the other day, and I was like, "Oh, look, I can still do it." Um, but but I, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> Uh, no. And there's different medications and people have different experiences depending on the medication and what time of life you're in and what dosage you have. I was on it and I have not spoken about this before, but, um, with, uh, when Eliza, my now three-year-old was born, I went on it and I had a significantly better experience, um, with the early motherhood. Mm. Like it was so much better. I am someone who cannot function on five or six hours of sleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I get so jagged. I get so angry. Like I am chemically like incapable of handling my shit mm-hmm. if I have less than six hours of sleep. And for some reason, um, with Zoloft, when Eliza was born, it was it was okay. Cause my husband at that moment was also, he, we, he was undiagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And so he would like wake up to try to help with the baby. And he would like shuffle across the room mm. and his like bones would crack. And like, he was like, oh I'm so tired. And he mm-hmm. lost 40 pounds and it was so weird. And he, at one point he couldn't put our baby's socks Eliza's socks on her feet because mm. it hurt him too much. Oh wow! And I was, and he's a screenwriter, so like he needs his hands. And yeah. I was like, "What is going on? Like you need to go to a doctor." And like I'm so glad that I had some form of support so that mm-hmm. I could be the one up all night by myself doing it, and so that he could, you know, heal and start figuring out his own health. Was and he? It, oh, it, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You no, go ahead. I was just going to say. So what? excited to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, was he super supportive of you going back on it? Like on the medication? It was annoying. He was like, I was like, you're pill pushing. You're like starting to hurt my feelings. Um, yeah, he was down for it. Uh, and and I didn't want to have to do, because when I got off it, I was like, I want to create a life where Mm -hmm. I don't need this Mm -hmm. because again, I do not suffer from you know, I don't suffer from deep depression mm-hmm. or, um, s- something that like we could muddle mm-hmm. through, um, with the anxiety. It just feels incredibly unpleasant. And I don't make the best life choices mm-hmm. when I'm suffering from it. And it stops me from doing a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the anxiety, like there's so many times that I was invited to do a podcast or something and I just would totally... F- See, Roxy, that's me. Yes. (laughs) I do. I I actually walk into every fire, but I don't want to. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. you do it anyway. I, and yeah, but it doesn't feel good. So what makes you mm-hmm. guys walk into the fire? And then do you feel good once you're in the fire? No. I no. feel good when I feel done. great done in the fire. <laughs> But I think too, with, you, with, well, I was just going to say, I was just kind of piggybacking on what Tamman was saying is that I think for you, Tamman, it's also like social, like you, you know, like you'd rather not be out at like an event. But I or love like it a, also. Yeah. It's a it's perfectionism like a, thing. Like if I'm not perfect and I yes. don't say the perfect thing and I'm not yeah. acting the perfect way, or if I'm in the perfect environment with Roxy and I'm not mm-hmm. like the perfect person at that party, I get anxious about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, I sort of, and this might just even be like every, like just getting older year by year is I just have given less fucks. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of like, and it's not to say like, I don't get nervous or like kind of twisted if I'm like, you know, somewhere where I don't want to be, or I don't feel uncomfortable. But I think like in the last, I'd say, especially couple of years, I've really tried to focus on just being like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they don't like me or if like somebody thinks I'm whatever, like I said, and it's hard, it's hard to do. It's not that it's easy to do. And it's not that it's not uncomfortable, you know, because there are times when I'm like, I just feel down about myself and I'd rather be at home or whatever, but I guess I'm trying to work on that. But I mean, now with this pandemic, it's like, yeah. you don't even have to be oh out. So it's like, well, you know, I mean, Roxy, tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I think your anxiety doesn't come from that, but it comes from like we talk about Roxy and I talk about all the time is being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, like everyone has their thing. I can't wait till we do it. I'm going to walk into the fire when it, when it means being, and tell me if I'm wrong, I might be talking out of turn when it, when it feels like she has to like bear her soul, I yes. think that's what makes her nervous. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's why it. I love Atomic Moms. It's like the only time that I feel like I get to be truly yeah. naked yeah. and bear my soul. And it's always been great because the camera wasn't on. Mm-hmm. And so now this is like a new thing for me because usually I wouldn't do it on the computer and I wouldn't see anyone's faces mm-hmm. um, unless we were across from each other in real life. And that always helped with my insecurity. Like there's something yeah. so terrible mm-hmm. about like seeing myself in the corner right now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> where are my eyes going? It's like just that, the control we're issues. We're all the again. same. Yes. We're totally yeah. all the same. But do you feel like I have a hard time getting, saying yes and getting into the fire unless I, depending on my cycle, because when I had Kate Northrup on the podcast, uh-huh. um, she talks about <laughs> tracking your cycle. <laughs> and so I got you, the app. is the, the biggest app. cycle tracker ever. I'm all about oh hormones. I'm right yes, now in my yes. literal phase. I'm about to hit my ovulation phase. I know on day 10 of my ovulation phase, I'm going to be a total raging bitch, but on 11, yeah. I'll be nice. So yeah. like on day yeah. 10, yeah. I don't yeah. see yeah. my husband. Yeah. By day 14, I've ovulated. I've got a great sweet spot. That's when I'm like out and about and I'm like sexy and cool. And then I crash. Five days before my period, I can't do anything. I cry. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I mm-hmm. I get. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then if I the day after my period starts, things start mm. getting better for me. Okay. And then that first week after, I'm u- rearing to go, and I'm almost manic, and I can get anything done. So now I just have to be careful about what I agree to, like when I agree to do something, because if I agree to do something when I usually want to be hiding under the covers, it's harder for me. But once I'm in it, I really enjoy it. 
Mm-hmm. And so like right now we're in this sweet spot where I'm like, this feels so good. And then I know at 3 a.m. I'll be like, you know, if an earthquake doesn't wake us up again, which right. by the way, everyone, <laughs> we're pre-recording. Right. We had an earthquake at 4.30 a.m. Right. Um, but I will then be tossing and turning again and being like, oh, why did I say that? Or I should have done this or that. Mm-hmm. And that also in the past has kept me from showing up. Isn't that but interesting? That's, yeah. So did you have, do you also have, this is like so random. Do you also have sleeping issues with like being yeah. able to sleep? Okay. Because this is a new yes. thing that I've experienced. I think Tam and I have talked about this is having like inconsistent sleep. So that's obviously also probably due to hormones and flow. Definitely. And estrogen. Just, yeah. Estrogen, right? Well, and Tam and I was doing some research and I, uh, heard that your husband is a snorer and so like my oh, sleep has actually gotten together, yeah. Sleep yeah slightly better during the pandemic because after adam was in his like hole for yeah. a week i just stayed moved out and now i have uh, <laughs> so, 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 so you have to see this i think it's genius the last yeah. two weeks my it's husband good. and i have been sleeping in separate bedrooms and yeah. i can actually sleep at night it's yeah. been great i mean the yeah. thing is i i feel like there's a connection and it did that it that does my insecurity does come out when we don't sleep together because we haven't slept together probably for a good I mean he'll say this isn't true but probably for a good two years Mm -hmm. because the snoring will be Mm -hmm. so bad right Mm -hmm. so what happens is we'll fall asleep and I'll want him there and then every time you know that like half sleep you're just about to get into that dream state it'll be like Uh-huh. I'll just be up. And then I get mad because I'm mm-hmm. like you, Ellie. Like, if I don't sleep, I my hormones are off, my anxiety is terrible. Um, I'm snappy with my kids. Like, I have mm-hmm. to sleep. So then I kick him out at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. And then when I kick him out, he can't go back to sleep because then he starts getting anxious. So it's this terrible cycle. So mm-hmm. I just have to realize you have to do what works for you and your marriage and your family and fuck the rest. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. we have a marriage. I've been with him for 13 years love the shit out of him i seem to be swearing a lot when i'm talking right now <laughs> but i love him so much but I, I i we have to realize that this might just be our our cross to bear we we might not be sleeping together and that might be okay yeah there's something yeah. to be said for it i think you know it's funny i i have a friend who has slept in a separate room for us from her husband for a long time and and was always very secretive about it and i just think i'm oblivious to how bizarre it is because it's always been sort of my dream like i had a birthday (laughs) a couple of years ago (laughs) where all i wanted to do was go to a hotel room by myself and i did that that was like my that was my birthday it was like and it was great because in the next morning my husband and my kid at the, you know, my kid at the time, my one child at the time, like showed up (laughs) and it was great, but I got to sleep in that bed by myself and not have anyone else in that room. And there's something about being a mother and being so overtouched and having like, I mean, especially now, of course, but like the constant interruptions and Mm -hmm. feeling like I am constantly in reaction Mm -hmm. to others. Mm -hmm. That is so infuriating thus the zoloft because it takes off the edge i can sleep a little less and mm-hmm. and i'm able to go with the flow a little more but it's hard you were asking about the work stuff which i just like totally sidestepped because it's there's no easy answer yeah um i think we're going to hopefully because my parents had covid um we're going to drive and see them 
soon and uh hopefully they can take over some so we can get where we're writing my husband and i are writing the screenplay right now and like we got to get it done and so i'm hoping that um my dad my step my amazing incredible stepmother i really wish there was another word for stepmom it feels like a really unfair word mm-hmm. um thanks to disney um but <laughs> right <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm hoping that the COVID stuff is true and that they're going to be our perfect antibody nannies because it's yeah. impo- it's very difficult right now. And all I can think of, all I can think is like, what are these little spurts of time where I can get as much done as possible? I My family's gotten better at knowing, uh, yeah, don't interrupt me like mm-hmm. if I'm in the middle of something. And it used to hurt my husband's feelings, but now... this has been like a really intense pressure cooker for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all figuring out like what our, um, what we need from each other. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's to sleep in the guest room. Mm -hmm. And like, if I'm on minute 19 of a 20 minute Peloton class, like do not interrupt me, Adam, because (laughs) I'm like riding my high. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Okay, this is good to know because we're trying to like navigate, especially the sleep issues. But like being in the pandemic, I mean, some people have obviously like thrived being in the pandemic. It's brought their relationship together. Ding, ding, ding. Closer. <laughs> Here we go with Tamin. I'm stuck um, at home. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, totally. Has that been the same for you, Ellie? Like, do you, are you enjoying being at home? Like in this sort of a situation? Yeah. It's so funny. This is so funny for me because I'm so used to being the one at, and I have like so many questions for you, Roxy. So like uh-huh. we have to remember for Atomic Moms because so, I want to know your answer to this. Um, uh, do I? Yeah, I. there's so many things I don't miss. I think that uh, we we had been complaining that we were in an, un, in an unsustainable mm-hmm. uh rut, Mm -hmm. I guess I'd say pattern. I was driving, um, our two-year-old to preschool, uh, like 20 minutes away Mm. and then driving the six-year-old to kindergarten another 20 minutes away. So then it was like an hour and a half by the time I dropped both kids off and got home in the morning. And then you feel like you have to pick them up in the afternoon already. Mm -hmm. And, and then it became, I, I hate driving anyway. Same. Like that, that, and I have a lot of anxiety about it. Like I've always been a terrible driver. Um, I hate it. It stresses me out. If I feel completely out of control and, Mm. and my driving route routes, like you're, you think you're taking your kid to this like idyllic preschool that has like butterflies, but like to get there, it was like Hollywood Boulevard and like, just like horrible billboards of like people's bodies getting like hacked open and whoever is like want like singing naked in the middle of the street you know like yeah los angeles was getting uh Mm -hmm. exciting before the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) and um and it so we felt rushed it felt like the weekends were our chance also to like catch up on work Mm -hmm. um it felt like my husband was complaining and this is so rich with irony, but mm-hmm. like he was not having enough time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mm-hmm. loved like his swan song. He'll kill me for this. Uh, it was just always like, if I could just be the stay at home dad, like then I would be very happy. And I'd be like, well, we have this house and you're the one <laughs> I'm not making yeah. any money on this podcast. <laughs> 
so keep <laughs> typing. But um, but now I think he's let go of that dream a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm there's so many things I am happy about. Um, I'm so happy that I spent this many years. <laughs> my mother would say probably like navel gazing, but trying to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I like? What am I about? Like, what do I show up for? Like, what gives me energy? Mm-hmm. Um, what is important to say right now? What do I want to model? When my kids look at this moment in history and to, and again, like what we are both doing with our shows is like creating a recorded legacy mm-hmm. um, for our children. And uh, they're going to love all the sex jokes, guys. I promise. Uh, <laughs> why not? But we, you know, I try to have a little, you know, see, having children has made me realize that it goes by so quickly. Um, you know, living in Los Angeles, there are no seasons. So mm-hmm. it felt, it can feel like nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I've been here you know, yeah, my husband and I have been married 13 years last week. And you're like, where did the time go? But when mm-hmm. you have a little child who keeps, you keep having to buy, I keep having to log on to Target to buy mm-hmm. new clothes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how are you already a, a seven? T- like, I want to say seven T because I want to keep them little. But um, how do I, you know, this is a moment in history. Things will keep changing. Mm-hmm. When I look back on this time, how have I spent it? Mm-hmm. My husband has spent it figuring out sourdough bread, and it's so annoying because he's always doing it. And I'm like, can you just empty the dishwasher instead of doing the sourdough bread? Um, but what what did we do? Who did we spend it with? Who did we reach out to? Mm-hmm. What do we want to keep in our lives when the world starts turning again? And what do we want to shed? Mm. Well, I'm crying, as you can tell. Um, it's probably because I'm ovulating. <laughs> So that's why, but I'm crying because, and like, I haven't actually cried on this podcast, but like yesterday I like folded, you know, Lennon's uh, Phoenix's clothes. And like, she's like a girl, she's like a, she's not a baby anymore, yeah. you know? And like, again, this is only cause I'm ovulating, you know, just because of what you said just got to me. I just thought like, like my baby's not a baby. You know, and I like sat there and I put on Taylor Swift and um, I listened to her because <laughs> when you're, yeah, when you're sad, you have to put on like Taylor Swift. And so I sat there and I listened to her whole album just sobbing because I was like, you know, giving Phoenix's clothes to Lennon. Mm-hmm. And I remember Phoenix being in that. And there's like a loss, you know, mm-hmm. there's a loss that like you're never going to have your baby back like ever again. And I don't yeah. know if, you know, mothers... I mean, I'm sure they all feel like that. And I know Roxy like keeps it together. I'm sure she's had a few breakdowns about it. Yes. Um, But I'm just like, like it's gone. Yeah. You know, you never know when the last, the first lasts are, you know, like the last time that you do like X, you know, whatever that, and that's scary. That's like a scary, sad. I totally sympathize with you, Tam, because it's like, that's a scary, sad thought. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it definitely gets to me. You know, it's like, you just don't know when it'll be the last time that she wears that dress or that she, you know, she asks you to help brush her hair or help yeah. brush her teeth. You know, it's like, you never know when that last is. So it's and like, you go through, somebody, yeah. you go through yeah. your days and you like, don't think about it, you know, yeah. you just go, oh, you know, yeah. oh, you, that's you, sad, you know, and then sometimes it just gets you. Yeah. And you're like, 
Wow. Somebody wrote mm-hmm. on Instagram, I wish I could remember who it was, about um, you never know when the last time that you you like carry your kid on her, your hip. Yeah. And so then I like read that and I was like, Eliza, get over here. I was like, she's really heavy now. But I also, but, and, and like, I don't remember the last time that I nursed Eliza. Like I don't remember that moment. And so that also made me think like second children, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm all, I always like get down on myself for not make like writing a diary because mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with the second mm-hmm. it's like all a blur right like you're still trying to chase after your first and mm-hmm. then i can't imagine when you have even more um but it is when i can look at this time uh yeah with a little distance mm-hmm. and see that it is such a short moment in history mm-hmm. uh-huh. um and and also so like i'll take videos and i'm always trying I'm always looking at it through the lens of like how my pa- my dad took videos. Like I w- want to see what did the living room look like? Mm-hmm. And I would get so mad at Adam because he would do the video. And I know every mom experiences this with photos, but like if he's doing a video, like you better put the camera on me. I mean, cause I'm a narcissist, but also <laughs> because like my kids are going to want to know like how strung out I but look. they don't. No. Like the husbands never, ever, never. ever. No. And I said to my husband the other day, I was like, you know, you don't have one picture of me. And he's like, that's because you have so <gasps> many for social media. And I said, but I don't, I don't want that. I want what you see. Yeah. Yeah. I want yeah. your, your vision of me. Like, and I'm always like thinking like, what if I die? And then it's going to be <laughs> right. all these social media <laughs> yeah, stupid right. pictures. Like, yeah. I want like, you know, the picture of like him, you know, me walking and then it's, he puts it on slow-mo and I'm like laughing. <laughs> Uh, with the kids like I want that video to be yep. at my funeral you know well I oh think God, we are the same <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was on the peloton this morning and because <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps me sane and I was thinking like oh my god we're we're gonna release this podcast in a few weeks like what if I die on our yeah. drive da, 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 da. and then I was like because I'm in a fight with my mom about the COVID stuff and I was like oh my god and then she'll listen to this podcast and she'll <laughs> it's your last greatest work <laughs> exactly. it is what's gonna put you oh on the map God. after and you I die like, i was like will they even release it or would that be too sad <laughs> i think that shit it keeps me up for i literally have yeah. scenarios i play over in my head about things oh. that will never happen well that's like that's part of the reason why i don't sleep at night because i have the anxiety about death that is one thing i do definitely have anxiety do, about yeah but and I do Cameron too. has it too yeah like about death and it's like literally it will all the different scenarios like it'll keep me up at night like oh my god what will the life what will life look like after i'm gone you know like will david remarry will you know <laughs> that's what you're right. <laughs> i just wondering about what it feels like and she's like what's gonna happen will my husband find someone else asshole <laughs> i'm like take it and then it's like the uncertainty of what's next i'm like where do we go really like what yeah. i mean and I, I and i you know i'm almost like jealous of people who have such a um, who are so faithful and religious because they seem so convicted and they know, you know, that like, this is the afterlife here and, and I'm fine with, you know, what comes next and all that. And I almost wish I had like something like that to judge because I'm, I'm questioning. I don't know. I don't 
really well, know where Roxy, we're going to go. It sounds like we need to do some ayahuasca. I know. <laughs> sounds like the moral yes. of the story. Yes. Oh my God. Have yes. you done ayahuasca? <gasps> no. We need but to, you want to go. You're too nervous <gasps> to, but you would like to, oh, right? I'm way too nervous to, yeah, but, but you, I would uh, like to. Yes. We if should... I could be in some like clinical study, like yes. at Harvard or something, and you could, it could be like, because, you know, there was also a lot of stuff about acid and mm-hmm. yeah. If you could promise like a good outcome. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't, mean, I like, you wouldn't to die. Take drugs. I'm too scared to take them. Well, and yeah. also they're bad for you. <laughs> and yes. also. But like, I want to know what ecstasy <sighs> tastes like. Uh, they say, not tastes like, but they said that, you know, if you're having problems in your relationship, there's been like this whole movement that you mm-hmm. should go, you know, obviously make sure your kids are taken care of, but go out somewhere and take ecstasy for like, a night with your husband and see if you can reconnect through that drug. Cause yeah. it really does bring on that love chemical and it's actually saved so many marriages. It's like this whole movement that's going on. Um, so that's what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Roxy, can you babysit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think on a, like a much, <laughs> on a tiny, pathetic scale. My whole life is like trying to figure out, you know, not doing ayahuasca. Mostly I'd be more scared about the travel, I think actually, <laughs> even the drugs. But I, um, I have been trying, you know, my, I was a, I grew, when I was growing up, I was a dancer and I loved it more than anything. And it was the place where I felt free and I didn't have anxiety when I was on stage mm. and I felt so connected to everything. And I have been trying over the past several years to channel some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I really connect physically to, um, like, it's so important for me if I need to change my state, like I have to do something physical, Mm -hmm. whether that's like jumping on my husband's rebounder that he has, like, cause it's like an autoimmune craze. Mm -hmm. It's like having a trampoline, (laughs) (laughs) but that helps me, um, or jump rope, any push-ups, anything. That stuff, mm. like it's crazy. It, again, stupid Peloton, and not just because I told my husband to buy stock in it, which has is paid for itself over quarantine. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> like it's bought the bike. Yeah, for us. who doesn't want Peloton um, right now? Right. It's uh, the I, that it's mind blowing to me the difference mm. my mood can have just twenty minutes of something like that, of like really grinding it out. And that's something that I just need. And then I can be nice and then I can help clean the house and not hate it or hate, you know, Mm -hmm. I can do stuff that I usually would be resistant to because I have, I don't know if it's the endorphins or what. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me think that like with drugs, that makes sense. You can be open Mm -hmm. because you're chemically you're making chemical changes and there are ways i guess i'm trying to say kids don't do drugs <laughs> exercise <laughs> but if you want to with your husband go out on the weekend and just, um, be amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the kids are doing these days huh it's so funny but um yeah so like <laughs> We're like, all like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, let's we're just, all, uh, we'll just yeah. stop for a second and we're like, we're like thinking about, weekend, uh, yeah. Ecstasy, yeah. yeah, and escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So how is to drive out yes, into the desert? Yes. Okay. So uh, let's do a check-in. Let's see how everyone's doing like right now today in their marriages. Like, 
What is the state of the what is the state of the marriage like today, ladies? Let's hear it. Um, for me, I'm learning so much about things that I need to be responsible for. I think before this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You feel like life is moving so fast that you can be any way you want to. Mm-hmm. And I think that this pandemic for me has really put a mirror into how I can change and be better. And my marriage has always been really strong. And um, I just realized that like, it's really important. My husband is very selfless and it's really important to not to treat people the way that you want to be treated. And because I'm a fire sign and I'm fiery and yes, I do deal with anxiety, but I'm also loud and I like to laugh and be, you know, big. And sometimes that can come across as aggressive. I need to look at myself and realize like where I can change. And that's that what we were talking about, Roxy, about vulnerability of like, mm-hmm. you know, in fights, I'm usually because again, the Leo comes out of me, I'm always right. I've always mm-hmm. been like that. I was on the debate team. I was on the number one debate team. I was third speaker. I was just like, if you tell me something, I will figure out how I'm right. Mm-hmm. But being right all the time doesn't ever get you to a healthier place. You know, it just, you just barrel over your partner. So I'm learning how to listen more, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, how to be more vulnerable and how to, to realize where I'm accountable for some things that I want to change. And that's hard. It's hard to look at yourself and go, Hmm, I don't like some parts of you. Yeah. And I think it's the ego and it's your id where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in a fight or you're, you you always think that you have to protect yourself. So that's why the other person's an asshole. But, you know, I don't know. That's that's where I'm at right now is trying to be better. Yeah, trying to be better. Anyone else? <laughs> Roxy, I want to hear oh, yours. Oh, God. <laughs> that's oh, why God. she asked the question. I know, I know. She's I'm like, like mm. she's like, F you, Salmon. I want you to tell me you're an asshole. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not going to lie. It's hard AF right now. It's just like, feels like almost two ships like going you know like yeah passing it's just like not being on the same page and it's I think the pandemic like sort of really brought out like you know it was easier before the pandemic to go to the office or go to an event or have all these distractions you know but be able to escape you know and it's like now it's just like day in day out all the time and it's just I think our personalities are such that we need that absence away, you know, just to like be in a good, in a good place. And I'm not going to lie. It's really hard right now. It's just like, I feel like we're disagreeing a lot. There's a lot of fighting. Like, it's just sort of like coming to a head. And it's like, I don't know if these things, I mean, maybe that it is good that we're in this pandemic and we're forced to confront these things right now, but it's like, it's just, I'm not gonna lie, it's really fucking hard for us right now. Really hard, you know? And it's like, and it's hard when you're not, when you don't even feel like you want to fight anymore. So you just kind of cut yourself off. That's sort of how I feel right now. Like, I feel like I just like would rather just like cut off and not deal at all and just deal with my daughter and like have fun with her and like, you know, do all of that versus like, you know, going back in because you know you're going to get hurt again, you know? 
So I don't know. It's kind of a shitty place. Well, you're very good at being vulnerable, Roxy. See, I was about <laughs> to say, really? look how far we've got. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, my God. Seriously. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank um, you. I, I think it's incredibly unnatural. Yeah. I mean, everyone says that, right? But like, I think the, we usually say that about having our kids around all the time because right. we don't feel really guilty about like how much I don't want to see my children's faces for <laughs> totally. 150 totally. days straight. Like, totally. And to think I ever felt guilty yeah. about having yeah. child. Yeah. Like I was ever like, oh, I, hope I, oh, I feel so bad I'm going out tonight. Like, oh, <laughs> if I could just smack old Ellie and be like, go to I the know. Arclay. I know. Get the biggest popcorn oh. and enjoy the shit out of your life while you have the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Because the lockdown is coming. Um, I, oh my God. It's so hard. It's hard. And it's been, it's, oh man, because we also, like, we have, you know, the way we were raised. So we all deal with these traumas differently, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yes, we have to take care of our children. And yes, we have outside, because people still, Mm -hmm. there are outside pressures. Like, people still are pretending like this isn't going on. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Which is good because we'd go really insane and be super depressed if everything really did grind to a halt. But I, I find myself having to say in emails like, hey, I haven't figured out childcare yet. Like right. this, everything's going to take a lot longer mm-hmm. or I, I can't do this right now because of I have two children mm-hmm. like underneath me. Um, but my way to deal with, uh, you know, a pandemic would be at first to just charge through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I got that Glennon Doyle interview opportunity yeah. and it, it was like riding high and it was like, I'm going to buy every, um, every snack and every <laughs> like a horrible frozen mm-hmm. meat. I'll never yeah. figure out how to cook. <laughs> like I, I went into like, I just go into overdrive. Oh, but the problem is this pandemic has gone on so long now that yeah. we, we don't have, um, I can't keep doing that. It's like so unsustainable. Mm-hmm. So then I have to sit with it and then I have to deal with it. And at the same time, I'm living with someone who has his own um, bag of tricks of how to deal with things and who is, was also, you know, raised very differently than I was. And so it has hit him in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely the extrovert in terms of socializing. And I think it's been really hard on introverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, he doesn't have, he used to love more than anything, taking our six-year-old to kindergarten. Like he, like, uh, he just loved getting to show up at that school mm-hmm. and say hi to the parents and the teacher and help Sabrina put her bag in the cubby. And he felt like he saw people for the day mm-hmm. and like that w- w- filled him up. He was mm-hmm. like, this is a great community. I can say hi to everyone. And then I can go and I can be my like weird writer self. Mm-hmm. and complain about having to do anything else. <laughs> I, so I thought this would be great for him, like not having to leave, but it's been very hard for him because he doesn't have the ridiculous text chains that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have these ways of connecting um, that a lot of women have found for themselves because we've mm-hmm. needed to, mm-hmm. especially in the early days of motherhood, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so he has had a sense of loneliness Whereas I've been feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. and that's hard because it's like, 
I, yes, I sleep in another room, which originally really hurt his feelings. And then, <laughs> so it's like, how do I show up every night? And that to me means like, I can't, I, I know that like during this time, like I'm not going to move the ball forward in traditional ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I cannot, I, I'm not saying that big things couldn't happen out of this. And like, we just sold a screenplay. So I guess it can, mm-hmm. but we, I'm not, I can't work at night. Like my kids suck at going to sleep by the time mm-hmm. they're asleep. It's 9 PM. I can't do that anymore. I used mm-hmm. to do that when my mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. one was little, I can't do it. So like now we watch queer eye and we, and my husband loves it and we have the best time ever. So, but we have had, so, you know, some major arguments where I would just shut down. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, Roxy, like, I don't yeah. want to have this conversation. There's nowhere to run to. Right. Like, I don't want, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I think that we've both become much more honest, right? Because you can't distract mm-hmm. or run away. And I think it does give the opportunity for, um, marriages to be stronger. We just have to recognize that this is like totally insane. And it's like asking couples to scale Mount Everest with two children on top of it. Right. <laughs> so like we, we need to all really give ourselves some grace. Yeah. I mean, like that, what you're saying, grace is what I was thinking. And I was going to say to you, Roxy, mm-hmm. remember what's going on, you know, like you, they always say don't get divorced um, before two years of having a child because you're in war, right? Mm-hmm. This is another form of war. Like you've never had this happen to you in your life or your marriage ever before. And of course you're going to be feeling this way. Of course, so many people are going to be feeling this way because you haven't ever been through something like this. No one has. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just giving yourself and that beautiful word is grace and acceptance that maybe this is just now because we're all just trying to navigate the situation as best as we can. And then the other thing I was going to say is the only way that I've ever found good communication with mm-hmm. my husband is talking about how I feel. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we get together with our significant others and we say, well, you are this or you feel this, which is a form of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> saying like, well, this is how I feel and this mm-hmm. is what I need. And when you do this, Mm-hmm. This is how I process it. And maybe next time, if you could do this, it would be better. I think when it feels less like an attack, mm-hmm. then two people are able to come together and really communicate because most of the time is not communication. And I think if you have those deep communications with him about mm-hmm. things that you're dealing with and you're feeling about the marriage, then he can understand that instead of defending himself. Right. And him to do the same. And maybe because we have this thing in our, in our marriage, every time mm-hmm. we fight, I'm like, stop saying you. Seriously, mm-hmm. you, we can have this fight, but you cannot say you in this fight. It's very hard to have a fight, an mm-hmm. actual aggressive fight without saying you. When mm-hmm. you're like, well, I feel you're not, you're not fighting anymore, you know? Right, right. So I don't know, maybe that's just something that I thought has helped me and maybe could help. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, it's hard. It's hard. You, it's funny because I feel like I can put myself in a vulnerable vulnerable place with my daughter, but not with him. Maybe she I, doesn't judge you. Right. And she's not hurtful. You know what I mean? Like, 
Maybe that's what my six year old is incredibly hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is very mean. Yeah, very, yeah. she's not mean, so but yeah, lucky. she says some things. So no, oh, mine she, is. Oh. <laughs> my child knows. My, oh, she, I mean, she's going places for sure. I just have to make sure she's on the right side. <laughs> she's like. Oh my God. Growing up. I mean, growing up, she's six. I've always thought she was like 20, uh-huh. but she, I mean, she's always been <laughs> anyone who knows her will know what I'm talking about. Like, and anyone who's listened to the podcast for this many years knows like <laughs> this kid just came out of the womb, like ready to, I don't know, to rule the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she just says like, yeah, the cruelest thing. <laughs> like, what? like give us, like, give us an example. Oh like, my God. Um, I mean, she'll say, she has said terrible things. Like you're yeah. a terrible mother. Like she can re she knows what everyone's weak spots are. The problem is also she's obsessed with villains and always has been Same, since yeah. she was like two years old. And so then she like, oh. so I've had to like stop letting her watch certain shows because she has such a quick memory that she'll just repeat lines from like any of the main characters. <laughs> so we're currently on a Mr. Rogers cleanse where she's only allowed to watch Mr. Rogers. <laughs> but, oh um, but yes, but, uh, but I hear you about mm. Because here's the other thing. I, my Achilles heel was thinking I was a terrible mother, right? right. And so, or, or, or that I, I never expected I'd be a good mom. Uh-huh. So I didn't have like high expectations there, <laughs> which made it helpful for the podcast. Cause then I was a, you know, I've never, um, I, I didn't, I came at it with like a beginner's attitude, not mm-hmm. like I had something I needed to defend about okay. my mm-hmm. way. Uh-huh. Um, but with, it's been, um, I'm like, I just lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm touching. So she did just give me these lucky charms <laughs> oh, for, <that's> a- <laughs> for the interview. She oh. like gave me these charms. And she's like, this will bring you good luck. I'm like, okay, Sabrina. So she does have a sweet <laughs> side. Um, but it's, she, I was always afraid that I was unlovable. Like I've mm. always had that fear, okay. um, that there was something wrong with, deep inside me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be found out. Mm. And so she, I, that doesn't feel nearly as true anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't resonate in the way it used to. Like I just said it now and I'm like, Oh, is that really true? Like, do I, I, I don't totally feel that way anymore. Like I've, mm. I've done a lot of work and I feel much better. Um, and I can look people in the eyes now and I'm not afraid of what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. But um, with my, she knew that there was some, that I was afraid that she wouldn't love me. Or I've always been afraid that I'd have the same relationship with her as my mother and I have. Right. And so she just stirs that pot. They know, I mean, we all, everyone who loves us knows what our weaknesses are Mm -hmm. and she has the upper hand there. Mm -hmm. And she knows that clearly all I want more than anything in the whole world is to have this like beautiful spiritual relationship with her that like lasts for all eternity. So she's going to shit on it. And (laughs) Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you get given what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my husband is, um, but I, but I hear you that he definitely hides with her. Like they have, they are so simpatico and they don't have any friction. Mm. And, uh, and she would love to marry him and like cast me out. (laughs) And now, so he does, I I have found in the past that he does a similar thing where it's like, 
he, he just like really needs to spend a lot of time with her. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yes, you're an incredible father, but are you also spending a lot of time with her? Because like, you don't like, we need to have our time. Right. Yeah. So I, I've had sort of like more of the masculine experience of that, of like, mm. wait a minute, my husband's like burying himself in the child, like the children and like, but what about us? And I've been like, no, we need our time. We got to shut the door. Yep. The kids got to go to bed because we need to watch Queer Eye together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but that's also like what you were saying, Taman, about the, how, like the, the aggressiveness of our fire signs. And so like, for me uh, as an Aries um, and because we're all like our roles as mothers, like we're calling the shots all the time. Like we're exhausted from executive or executive functioning. Like we're mm-hmm. just always making these decisions. And so then when it's time to soften and like cuddle with our partner or hear them or make space for their vulnerability, it can be very difficult it's not my natural, like I have to just change gears. It's very hard for me to like, yeah, soften in that way. Yeah. Cause I'm like, gotta get the kids to bed. Gotta do this. Gotta do that. Yeah. And then it's like, oh wait, now I'm supposed to like, mm-hmm. just be this be like, re- yeah, like a reassuring, like I'm so, that I'm so bad about that too. It's like, I can be reassuring with my daughter and like have that like very motherly experience. But it's really hard for me to do that with my partner. Like and they I need just, it though. They need it. I know you're right, but we I need don't know. it. Too. They need yeah. it. They need it. Yeah. 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 It's true. I did. My my girlfriend and Nora did say recently because we were all talking. We were on like a Zoom talking about sex and like when mm-hmm. people have it. And I know Tim and you schedule it Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> I don't really. That's just something I say, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't. But I don't wait. Uh, oh, after four days, it becomes an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Really. Like it becomes, I get, I get aggressive and mean, which is like so hot to have sex with. You're like mean mommy. Um, but literally like I'm starting to get a little pissy today because it's been four days and I'm like, mm. and then he try he retreats away because it's not, I'm not like sexy. I'm just angry, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. right. But every four days yeah, I start to get a little, you know. But clearly it turns sexy for you, right? Like, I mean, you guys, once you started, it gets sexy. Yeah, unless I'm like mean about it and like, come on, like, come on, have sex with me. The thing is, I if we're talking about, if we're honestly talking about looking at ourselves in the mirror, I think it's less about sex for me and it's more about feeling loved. And mm. sex has always been from a girl that was teased a lot when I grew up and was overweight. Sex was a validation that I was enough. And sex to me was that the man wanted me and I'd never really mm. gotten that before. So I got addicted to that and I didn't, thank goodness, go crazy. I mean, I had lots of boyfriends, but I didn't go sleep around, but, but I was a serial dater because I, I couldn't actually leave a relationship till I jumped into another one because mm. sex to me meant validation mm-hmm. and validation meant I was good enough. And so I still, you know, if my husband doesn't want to have it because I'm an angry, mean mommy, it really affects me and I have to check mm. in and go, mm. is it the sex that you're, it's, it's affecting you because you're like so turned on or is it the fact that you think it's rejection? Mm. And it's always the rejection mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not a, like an 18 year old boy. I can wait, you know, I yeah. can wait a day. <laughs> um, it's the rejection that mm. is my, my problem that I have to deal with. Mm. And I think that's where the sex thing comes in. I see. Okay. How about you, Ellie? Like, are you guys 
hot and heavy these days or (laughs) i would say i'm married to a very good midwestern boy whose mother listens to every podcast midwestern oh my god but and like (sighs) yes like so i'll be careful here Mm. um even though i know it's no fun i think and again, because I protect my 3 a.m. self. Mm-hmm. That's sort of my new thing. It's just like, how do I protect my 3 a.m. self so I don't toss and turn about what I've said or mm-hmm. shared? But I think um, I would say, Taman, that I would like to know how you have kept it so that your partner is the one, like that that is still validating, right? Like, because I think a lot, I'm not alone in feeling like I was, oh my God, we just watched normal people. Did you guys watch it? No, uh-uh, I haven't seen it. Oh my God. It's so sexy. Oh. Uh, it's so incredible. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. So they're like the first time that they have sex, it's like very awkward mm. and uncomfortable. And I, it made me kind of think about my past. And I was like, Oh, why is this giving me such a terrible feeling? Cause she, it's, it doesn't feel it's consensual, I guess, but there's like some question marks around it. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But then once they're like madly in love with each other, it's the most beautiful sex you've ever seen. And oh. it's nonstop and it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, oh my God, let's just all stop the podcast and go watch normal people. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> uh, but I would say that it's like when I used to be like that as well, like dating, mm-hmm. like I, there was nothing more validating for me than having a man want me, like yeah. nothing more validating, oh, yeah. right? Just, like totally messed up. Um, but that's how it felt at the time. Yeah. And then I married for 13 years and I love him and he's very sexy and I love nothing more than the way his sweat smells. Oh, same. Like, Every I time you like, talk, I'm like, bury, <laughs> I used to bury myself in his armpits. Same, even like, bad I smell. Oh, I love like, it. I loved how, like, so it's not about him at all. Mm. The, the thing that seems to... Um, but, but we love each other and it's comfortable. And I was not, there's something off a little bit in me about connecting that with sex mm-hmm. Then the love and acceptance mm-hmm. and the comfort mm-hmm. does not equate to automatically to hot sex for me, because yeah. I probably be being taught that sex is wrong and that mm-hmm. I should be ashamed of my body. And so it gets looped up in that. Right. So that's been, um, yeah, it's, it would be nice if it felt bad. I guess it does. The problem is also, then I have to also unwind. Mm-hmm. Like I, and, and that's what my girlfriend said on the zoom call. She was like, I was like, what do you do? Because I'm just so tightly wound and I feel so masculine. Sex, mm-hmm. sex unwinds you. And and she was like, I take a bath or I, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, I stretch beforehand. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but like, but actually that makes sense. Like how can we, we have to set the mood right now in all areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. So like set the mood before you have sex, like set the mood, like whether it's like listening to music, um, if it's a scent, whatever, something to transport you out of the day-to-day grind. I think Mm -hmm. also set the mood for when you have to have those like really difficult conversations Mm -hmm. with your partner, Roxy. Yeah. Because we, we, my husband loves to just like, I'll be stepping out of the shower, like ready to do this. And he'll be like wanting to share something about tomorrow and his Mm -hmm. health. And and I'm like, I can't talk about this right now. Like I'm going to be worried about you. If we have this conversation, like I need to do this. 
So it's about setting the mood there. Like, when is it okay to have real conversations? And I think people blindside each other all the time and it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're like, this isn't a good time. Like it's four 30. I'm really grumpy. Yeah. I'm waiting to have my glass of wine at five. Like yeah. now is not the time. Don't dump out. Don't dump yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly. It's just great. And that like, I heard this somewhere that see like the person who can do the dumping out. Hey guys, sorry. <laughs> the person who can do the dumping out is the mm -hmm. person who hasn't got the most on. Does that make any sense? What? Sorry guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. That makes a ton of sense. Right. Yeah. So if you're the one that can like, like, like com coming in and robbing my house, but I'm like, we <laughs> <laughs> see a robber behind yeah. you and Zoom. Yeah. Don't dump in. The um, lamp is taken. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think my house is just robbed. I'm like, dog, stop being a guard dog. But yeah, you got to be careful uh, when you when you dump in. I think that's what I was trying to say. You got to okay. be careful when you dump in. From well, you're like, the if, dumper, right? Yeah, like if okay. like I. Mm -hmm. If my mom is going through something massive, I wouldn't call her and then just dump all my shit on her, right? Just uh -huh. the same thing. If she's going, if I'm going through something massive, she shouldn't call me and dump her shit on me. It's like right. we have to be aware of what other people are going through. If we can, sometimes mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think, like you said, Ellie, like you can also say as, as have boundaries and say, you know what? I can't right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't talk about this. I care about you. I'm just dealing with some things and have your own set of boundaries so people just... People used to dump on me all the time and I would, it would affect me and I couldn't perform and I couldn't do my job. Mm -hmm. And I think we're allowed to, as women, I think we're always asking permission. It's right. like, oh, am I allowed to say this? Can I say no? Can I say I don't want to hear it right now? Whereas men, right. I feel like don't do that. They just say mm -hmm. like, I can't. Yeah. It's true. It's like, are we being rude? Are we not being like, are we being too selfish? Right. If we put ourselves first for once, you know, which is something we need to do more of, you know, I feel like we could talk for the rest of our mm. lives and then really mm. fast. And then we'll, we got to record. My kids are going to be home. Um, but, but I do want to say that mm. it's really, uh, <laughs> where is my brain, Ellie? Let's go. Um, it's important also because we are, we say, you know, set your boundaries and mm -hmm. say like, now's not a good time. But I think the, the, another important element to that is like, he might get upset and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And then, and it's just practice, right? Mm -hmm. Because I did it a few times and he wasn't used to it. And he was like, pissed off yeah. because it felt like he was being rejected yeah um or like what do you mean i and because he has really shitty boundaries that i have you know not i guess i want to say profited off of for many years where like he would drop anything if i had to share something because he's so sweet and that's how he was raised I know. so but he's got to learn not to do that too right mm -hmm. um but i think it's a that if we can say it with love and kindness and then also circle back later and be like, Hey, I really do want to hear what you wanted to tell me right mm -hmm. before this interview. <laughs> I do. I really want to hear it now. Like, can I hear it now? And I'm sorry, I couldn't be there in that moment. I just had so much going on and I knew that I couldn't, you know, take that on too. Yeah. Take it in. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it isn't that important to them. Like whatever he was going to share wasn't that important, but I know it was something I was going to chew on mm -hmm. this entire conversation. <laughs> totally. Oh, Ellie, we, Ellie, we Ellie, forever. forever, forever, forever. Please be but our friends, please. Yes, come <laughs> hang out with us. But well, Ellie, quarantine. Yeah, exactly. But we have great news because we're going on Atomic Moms right now. Yes. So we get to talk more. But yeah. um, <laughs> Ellie, can you let everybody know where they can find you? 
Absolutely. Uh, mm. So on Instagram, just go to at Atomic Moms. I also have the website, atomicmoms.com. You can go on any podcast app. Uh, I have over 165 mm. podcasts. Uh, wow. with some really incredible human beings that I think you'll like to hear from. And, oh yeah, I have a newsletter, although with the quarantine, that's been a little, just sign up for it. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not annoying. You'll get one, like, you'll get one a month. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and yeah, and then, yeah, my husband and I are working on a movie right now called Let's Have Kids. And hopefully Ooh. that'll be out in theaters in a year or so. And my husband's directing it. And Tim, and I want to talk to you about directing. I feel like we're, we could swap husbands and we would still have the same life. Because we'd be like, <laughs> still writing with your husband and still direct. It would be the same thing. It's like the same thing that goes from the Midwest. <laughs> Except I do not need to have sex every four days. Okay. But, but my husband doesn't either. So you guys would be perfect for each other. <laughs> he would probably like to not have it as much as I force it onto him. So oh okay. well, thank you guys so much. Oh, and I can't wait to continue this you. conversation yes. over on my podcast. And I can't wait to hear more. Uh, Roxy, get nervous. Oh, We're going to oh get nervous. Oh it's going to be intimate. all out there. Um, so you can yes. find us on uh, Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And I'm Tamin Sursok. And I am Roxy Madding. And we are Women, Women on... on- <laughs>